Good morning. Have you come to bless the Lord? Lord, we lift you in this place right now. We magnify you. We glorify you. And Lord, we realize our utter dependence upon you. We are completely dependent upon you today, oh God. We bless you and magnify you. Let's sing to the Lord together. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Oh, let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. Oh, we sing with all we are and we claim your victory. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. They cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs verses again those verses are a little bit out of order it takes a praise of faith to, to calm the enemy there's there's a little bit both things are involved there if you just sometimes you got to just praise anything you don't feel like it's what i'm trying to say even though things aren't going good even though you got turmoil in your mind even though you got questions about tomorrow and questions about last week Lift up a praise. We're responsible for this side. We're responsible for the praise. Right? We're responsible for our praise. If we do that in faith. God takes care of everything else. All right? Let faith be the song that calms the storm inside of me. Oh, let faith be the song that calms the storm inside of me. Let it rise. Let faith arise. Sing the first verse. Go to the first verse. And let praise be a weapon that silences whatever enemy you're facing. And let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. 
we see your name in the dark and it changes everything. Oh, we sing with all we are when we claim your victory. Let it rise. Let praise arise. Let it rise. Oh, yeah. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. Forever lift him high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. We magnify your name. We glorify your name, oh God. Lift your praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your praise to the Lord. Glorify the Lord. We magnify your name, oh God. We lift a voice to the Lord. We lift you and magnify your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you, we praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. And this is what heaven sounds like. We praise you, we praise you. And this is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you, we praise you. Oh, this is what this is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. Forever lift him high. With all creation cry. Breakthroughs on our side, forever lifted. 
too high to stop, didn't we? So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Aren't you glad to be here? Amen. amen and amen. I'm looking around. I've been sitting over there some trying to figure out who all is here. Yes, good to see some folks back that I haven't seen in a while. God bless you. If you're a first time guest here today, we welcome you to our church here at Gap Hill. Got a couple announcements I want to make this morning. The first one is that we have a fall festival coming up. This is going to be fun for all the family and all ages, especially for the children. And that is going to be September, October, Sunday, October the 24th at 5 p.m. Fall Festival, Sunday, October 24th at 5 p.m. Now, there's different people that are taking care of different parts of this. And to my understanding, I'm, I'm, I'm being told we're going to have a hayride and all kinds of different stuff going on. I see Sandra shaking her head at me, so that is a yes, I believe. And so it's going to be really, really fun. And uh, so be here, going to have a lot of food, which is always good, I mean... You know, you have food, people come, right? We're going to have food, so you ought to come. I also want to read a card really quick from the Eats family, speaking of Sandra and of Herschel, of course. It was their father that passed away. They wanted to give the church this letter. Thank you so much for all the prayers, visits, phone calls, texts, and for the wonderful meal you provided for our family during the loss of our dad. We appreciate each of you. May God bless you for all you do, the Wayman Eats family. And, of course, again, that's Herschel and Sandra's father. Uh, they go here to the church, and of course, they have, he had two other sons. Your kindness may seem simple to you, but it meant everything to us. Thanks again. So let's remember this family in prayer in the days ahead. Also, remember prayers for Brenda Hooper. Uh, also for Steve Charles. This is uh, David Munro's brother-in-law in the hospital with COVID. Um, also for Bonnie Moody, who continues to need our prayers from therapy, chemo that she's having to go through, that God would be with her. Also for Doug Sammons, who is a COVID inpatient, I'm told. Remember Doug. Also for Scott, it's great to see you today, Scott, after your service. We're glad to see you today. Also for Olin Thompson. Olin is uh, still at home recovering. His oxygen levels is what we need to pray for, in particularly that God will give him strength when he gets ready to walk and do things. He has to have a little supplement oxygen, so let's pray for healing for that in particularly. And then we have several deaths, of course, Melinda Charles' family. That was David. Monroe's niece who passed away this week. Also prayers for Greg Moody family. Some of you may remember Greg and Jeremy and their family. They came normally sat right here on this side of the church. Uh, he got COVID and ended up passing away. To my understanding in Augusta they were working on a job and uh, he got sick and never came home. So let's be in prayer for this family. I'll be letting you know the arrangements for that. I believe it's going to be Tuesday is what I'm being told. I do not have a time yet but I'll send out a message to let everybody know that if you would like to participate in that service. All right. Let's go to God in prayer and invite his presence in this place. Father, we pray for every request today that we've given in. These names that have been listed. I don't have to say them again. You already know them, Father. We pray for these families today in the name of Jesus. We pray for healing for those in our church family that are sick and struggling. For those that have this dreaded 
illness and virus in the hospitals. We speak healing over them for healing for their lungs that have been affected, Father, and oxygen levels that, are, that have been going down. We pray increase there, Father, in particularly we speak to that area that has given them issues, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would bring healing to them. We pray for these families in our church that have lost loved ones, Father. We pray that you would touch them, that you would comfort them, that you would be with them. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we will give you praise and honor and glory for it all in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? If you'd like to, let's stand back up together. Don't you love the Lord today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. we bless you in this place. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. And I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord. Promise and it won't stop now. It won't stop. 
a promise and it won't stop now. It won't stop now. And I know the breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. Yes, my God has made me a promise and it won't stop now. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We believe in your promises, oh God. Hallelujah. We bless your name, oh Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like men. The breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle, and my God has made me a promise, and it won't stop now. Oh, and I know the breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle, and my God has made me a promise, and it won't stop now. It won't stop now, Lord. I know the breakthrough is coming, and by faith I see a miracle, and my God made me a promise and it won't stop now. I know the breakthrough is coming, by faith I see a miracle, and my God made me a promise and it won't stop now. Oh, we lift you, Lord. Lift up the Lord, church. Magnify the Lord. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your blessings and the promises that you make to us. How we lift you. Hallelujah. And you sealed those promises, oh God, with an empty grave. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. I search the world. But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise And treasures that fade Are never enough Then you came along You put me back together And now every desire Is now satisfied here in your love Oh, there's nothing better than you There's nothing better than you, Lord There's nothing and nothing is better than you Oh, oh, hallelujah I'm not afraid 
my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and yet you still call me friend. Thank you, Lord, for the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley. There's not a place for your mercy and grace. You won't find me again. Lord, hallelujah. Let's come to praise the Lord, church. We lift you, Lord. Hallelujah. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only Turn seeds into highways. You're the only one. 
halfway got it right we talked about Jesus Christ the purpose of life the purpose of life the reason for our existence the reason why we live it is all because of him now as I told you last week and I've got a few notes here we talked about how the Philippians is four chapters now I could take each chapter and I could preach each week on each topic, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to skip to number four. But the first week would have been, if I die, it's okay. If I live, it's okay. Either way, I'm with Christ. So in the first chapter, he gives us life's pur purpose. In the second chapter, he gives us what I call life's pattern. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. as following after Christ and the pattern he left for us to follow. And then thirdly, in chapter 3, he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the whole high call of God in Christ Jesus. That is life's prize. But today we go to Philippians 4.13, which you all know, and we're going to talk about Jesus Christ, the power of life. Not only is he the purpose of our life, but he is the power. He is the unction behind everything that keeps us going, even when we don't feel like we can go on. The power of Christ kicks in. Isn't that a powerful thought today? Let's read, if we could, before we get right into the word, Philippians chapter 4. And I want to begin with verse 8, if I could. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, then meditate or think on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. The God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need or want, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to simply what? Just be content. He says, I know how to be a base that's brought low, and I know how to abound or be brought high. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full, I have also learned how to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the power. I, I, I guess that what I just read to you, it is this simple today. And it is that you become what you think. I want you to think about that. You become what you think. If you think of yourself as defeated, you will be defeated. If you think of yourself as always, I'm sick, there's nothing getting better, I am sick, then you will live in that state of mind in sickness. I'll never get better. 
If you allow yourself to think depression, anxiety, and man, I wish things were going better for me, and you constantly think about these things, guess what you're going to end up with? A defeated life that is constantly in anxiety and fear, and you're always feeling like that God's not going to help you, nobody else is going to help you. You get on your own lone island, and you have your little pity parties and fall into a state of depression, hide yourself in a room, close the door, and say, I don't want to talk to anybody. That is what happens when you think on these things. That is why the Apostle Paul tells us from the beginning, if you are what you think, then I need you to think about things that are truthful. I need you to get out all the voices in your head that are saying things to you because you must understand that Satan is a liar and the father of all liars. And the things that you have been hearing in your mind, they are not true. They are all a lie. For Paul has already told them, he said whenever Satan speaks, he speaks his native language, which is lies. That is all he's ever done. That is all he knows how to do. So when a voice comes in my head and says you're not worthy or you're not good enough or you're never going to be good enough, that is a negative thought that Satan is trying to bring into my life. Now I can sit here and I can continue to think on that thing until I become that thing or I can say, wait a minute, I want to think on the truth of God's word. What did God say about me? And then when I open my Bible, I begin to understand that God sees me a lot differently than the world sees me and God views me a lot differently, of course, and Satan, my adversary, views me. So whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever things are a good report, think on these things. Wouldn't it be great if in the church we would start spreading more good news? Wouldn't it be great if I could get up here today and tell you that good news travels faster than bad news? Wouldn't it be great if I could get up here today and tell you something good and you take it out to the world and spread it like wildfire? But I promise you today that if I would just fill y'all in on a little gossip I heard this week, it would run faster. Because that's just how it is. It's what we are thinking on. But he says here, I need you to understand that when you think on things that are praiseworthy, that means things that deserve glory and honor, it all leads back to Jesus. You become what you think. Now i got to hurry. Paul is writing this letter. It's coming to a close. We're in chapter 4 now because we skipped chapter 2 and chapter 3. It originates as a thank you note. He is writing Epaphroditus at the beginning of chapter 1. You can read that. And he is telling Epaphroditus, thank you for the love offering that y'all sent for me. I was in need. You sent it. I just wanted you to know with sincere gratitude, I appreciate the love offering. Thank you guys for that. And so he wants to let them know, and that's the way the letter starts. But, but see, Paul begins to address some different issues. But in chapter 4 alone, he talks about unity. He talks about the peace of God in our lives. And he also speaks about the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Now, I could preach on each one of them today and, and do a sermon kind of like I've been doing on Wednesday nights. I'd be up here six weeks from now still preaching those points. But then in verse 13, he says the infamous statement. It is the statement that I guess will ring true. It's, I'll call it the forever famous statement. When he closes and says, I can do all things through Christ that is strengthening me. Now, there are three powerful points that I'm going to share with you. I'm not going to hold you long. I promise you, you're going to be out of here before 12 o'clock today. 
Well, let me take back the promise. I'm going to try to have you out by 12 o'clock today. There are three points. Number one, we see a positive affirmation from the Apostle Paul. Now, the word affirmation means a person that is declaring the truth to us. It is something that they needed to know. It is a positive. Notice that. A positive affirmation. He is not browbeating them. He is not letting them know how bad they are and how negative, you know, life is and how they could be doing better. He simply begins to speak positive things into their life and affirmation. And understand this. There is no pessimism to be found in, in Philippians chapter 4. He, he does not shed any type pessimism with them. All that I hear from the Apostle Paul is an optimistic sermon, a positive affirmation. It is an emphatic statement, meaning that it is a faithful saying, meaning that it is a forceful saying, meaning that he is saying a statement that he wants to stress the point of. It is so important. And he shows us a list of things that are important. And first off, as we spoke early on in the sermon, he has given them these things that they should be thinking on. It is an emphatic statement. It is something that is stressed. Whatever is this and whatever is that, these are the things that you should be thinking on. He goes down through here and he tells them, not that I'm speaking in respect of all, for I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. He goes on to tell them, I know what it is to go to bed hungry at night because I don't have any food. I know what it's like to go to bed at night and feeling like a stuffed cow. I know what it is to abound in the joy of the Lord. I know what it is to be abased. I know what it is to be taken out into the streets and treated cruelly by people in the public square. I've been brought low. I've had to experience humility. He says, but this is what I want you to grab. If you grab nothing else from this letter, I can do. Now, 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 now watch. Whatever the challenge, I don't care. I can do. Do. He is saying to them, it does not matter the tests that I go through, because I've been through a lot of them. It does not matter the circumstance that I face. Paul says, I can make it. And, 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 and I think he wanted to write in this letter and get the church of Philippi to understand this. That if I can make it, then you can make it. Now there's power in what I just said in those words. Because you understand, when you begin to think with this way and this mentality, you begin to understand the purpose of your trials. Because you begin to understand that the reason that God allows Paul to go through all that Paul goes through is because he had the right letters to church people that were struggling. And every time he wrote them, it's kind of like this. I'm sure you guys are going through a lot, but you ain't been through nothing like I have. I know y'all guys, they came in there and told y'all to quit preaching the gospel. They put me in prison last week. Right? So, so, so I want you to understand. So what God is showing is that I am putting you through these trials. But there is always a purpose of trials. And I'm beginning to believe as I age and get older and preach longer, I'm beginning to learn that the purpose of a trial, number one, is so that you can look at somebody that's going through it and say, Honey, I've been there too. I 
did it too. You know, I love it when, when we have cancer survivors. I love that. And, and, and I've got the t-shirt to prove it. And they walk around and they say, I, I overcame cancer. I love those kind of things. We were, we were at, uh, at, at, at Newry Church of God, and, and I remember having a, a, a Sunday that we just focused on that because it was cancer weekend. We had numerous people in our church that had, that had overcome cancer. So we had a time that they just got up, shared their story just a little bit, and let people know what God had done for them. It was about four or five of them. And they just took the mic, said a few things about their journey and how God had brought them through. And the whole time I'm listening to it, I, all I hear is what they're saying is, I made it. And if I made it through it, you can make it through it too. See, I think what they're trying to say is that I understand what the trial is that you're going through because I have been there and I have done that. I've got the shirt to prove it. I know what it's like to get sick from chemo. I know what it's like. And so they are in a position and a place that I cannot help somebody, but they can because they have been through the trial. So I think there's times that God puts you through things. And instead of thinking about the negative and why would God allow this to happen why God would you let me lose this loved one or why would you let me lose this this financial the, uh, this, this little basket egg basket that I had and, and I mean I had it made and I thought everything was good why would you allow me to suffer loss why would you let Job go from being the richest man until now we see him abased to the poorest man around on the ground in sackcloth and ashes his house knocked down his family dead his children have all died from a tornado what in the world are you doing God but what God is doing is he wants Job to rise out of the ashes and when he brings him back and he's rich again and he's got back two times what he's got when he sees Brian going through the trial he says son I've already been there and that's what Paul is saying if I can make it you can make it too See, there's somebody in here, see, understand with me that if God takes you through a trial and you don't utilize that trial for the good of other people, it is a wasted trial. You miss the purpose of the trial. The trial is sent to you by God, hallelujah, so that you can go and help somebody else when they are going through the same thing you went through. So this statement, I like this was not made by a man that's lacking experience. This is a guy that has a testimony of numerous trials, diverse trials. A matter of fact, he's been snake bitten. He's been taken out of city. He's been stoned and left for dead, but he didn't die. The snake bite didn't kill him. The stones could not kill him. He is beaten with rods. In the Roman law, you could, you could do 40 stripes, save one, is the way the Bible says it, which means by Roman law, you could get 39 stripes. They take him in the public square and they start beating him. Paul said, that happened to me five times. I have been beaten with 195 stripes. Come on, somebody. With a rod. I have been shipwrecked. I mean, this is a guy that has experience. I mean, without trials, it would be easy for him to say, oh, I can make it. But now that he's got experience and been through it, he can really say, I can make it. I know I can. I, I need somebody to understand today. And that is exactly what God is doing in your life. It is easy for you to see other people going through trials and tell them you can make it if you've never been there before. 
You know, oh, it can't be that bad. You can make it through this. But it makes the difference when you've been there and you've done that. So I guess I'm trying to tell somebody here, you need to be like Paul and you need to share your testimony with the world. You need to let people know, look what the Lord has done. So here we've got this wave of positive confession that has been part of the church for some time. There are many who go around confessing their ability to endure and conquer until they finally are confronted with the difficulty for the first time. And then as the Bible tells us, when the sun comes out, they just wither and they die. They don't have good roots. See, God gives us trials so that we can get a root system, ladies and gentlemen. That way when we go through that, see, this is where you figure out who's really saved and who really didn't get saved. We used to have revivals, get about 35 people talking about, man, I got victory now, I'm saved. And then the next week, you got down to 20, and then the next week, 10, and then you, you wait about a year into it, and you got two people sitting on your pew from the 70 that got saved. Like, Where in the world did they go? It's because people, when the trial came and the difficulty came, they fell off. But thank God for those like the Apostle Paul. He's got a rich background of struggles, but he's got a rich background of victory. See, I can tell somebody in here, I've been through a lot of trials, but I'm telling you, I have had a lot of victories. And I want to tell you, I've been through a lot of battles, and I've been through a lot of hard times and wars, but thank God that I've come out on the other side shouting hallelujah look what the Lord has done so for every trial that you are going to go through with God on your side the apostle Paul wants them to understand all of the church of Philippi for every trial that you go through you're also going to have a victory and I'm telling you when you go through a harder trial the sweeter the victory when you get there somebody ought to shout hallelujah sometimes you you know, we have these crash diets sometime. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, there was a time that I was a little chubby. All right, my cheeks were fatter than they are today. They really were. I'm going to show you all some pictures. Y'all ain't going to believe it. It looked like a chipmunk. Y'all become a pastor chipmunk. And I can, I can eat, you know, I can do a calorie diet if I wanted to lose weight, which I don't need to. Now I'm in the process of gaining a little bit at this point. But if I wanted to lose, I can do a calorie diet and I can drop it off. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something right now. Pizza Inn makes a double Bavarian <laughs> cream-filled pie that me and my wife had yesterday, and it was just absolute delight. I get them to put double in it. You know what I'm saying? Like the regulars like this. I want double. I, I want that extra Bavarian. You know? It's great. I've yet to figure out how many calories is in that thing, all right? But I know it's delicious, and, and there's butter on top, and it's running, and there's sugar crunching in your teeth. You just know while you're eating it, this is fat. It's fat. And so you're seeing you're eating. But what I learned is I can I can drop off those calories if I want to drop them off. If I want to do it, I can. I can do it. And there's some of you in here, you've done the same thing. You've dropped them off. But let me tell you this. When you're on that calorie diet, one thing that you understand is this good Bavarian filled pizza, I can't eat it every day and expect to reach my goal. Am I not right? And so what I do is I walk away from that. I can't have that anymore. But whenever I get finished with the diet. Come on, Brian. I know, I know you're loving this. And I've got to that weight that I want to get to. The first thing I say. My God, I haven't had one of those in two months. 
Could you take me and give me that Bavarian? A matter of fact, today let's triple it. It's been a month. And what I'm telling you is this. If you eat it every day, you don't appreciate it. Like after you've waited three to four weeks to get that first bite. And when you eat it, you think to yourself, this is the best thing that my mouth has ever tasted. And I'm trying to tell somebody today in a spiritual sense that that is exactly what may be going on in your life. You may be going through the trial and it may be long and hard and you're waiting and you're waiting for the victory and you're waiting for the deliverance and you're waiting for the answer but I came to tell somebody today just hold on a little while because Paul's already said I can through the power of Jesus Christ and when I get there it's going to be so much sweeter than it's ever been before the victory's going to feel so good oh God have mercy so Paul makes this statement from deep Experience. He knows by experience he can endure all things. A positive affirmation. Stay positive. It makes a world of difference. Number two, I see practical application. It's important to understand what Paul is saying to us. He is not stating that we have this blanket approval and help from God for anything and everything that we do. We are not Superman. So obviously today, if we are realistic, we can't do everything. Right? I mean, if I told y'all today, Pastor's going to go get on top of the church, I'm going to jump off, and y'all are going to see me fly. All right? I would pray to God, Brian, you'd grab me and tie me down, whatever you got to do. I've lost it. And then again, he may say, have faith, preacher, I believe you can too. And then, bam, I'm gone. We cannot obviously do everything. And I want you to grab this. Because some things are not in the will of God for us to do. Some things are not in the will of God and we are not to be involved with them. I believe that sometimes God allows us or causes us to fail in order to stay in His will. You ever thought about that? I mean, you're trying so hard to not open doors that God has closed and God's saying it's not going to work. It's not meant to work. Leave it alone. And we get stubborn. But God, I want this. This is my dream. This is what I've been waiting on. This is the answer to my prayer. We're beating and we're banging. And God's saying, would you back up? Just be quiet. I'm trying to rescue you. There is something in us that we just, we think that we want it. But sometimes God makes us fall flat on our face so that we realize in that moment of time that God's will has to prevail and we can't fight against it. Preacher, where did you see that? I see it in the story of Jonah. God said, go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. Preach destruction on the city. Well, Lord, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go to Tarshish. And so what does he do? He runs from the will of God, going to Tarshish, until finally God said, all right, I'm going to have to stir up the ocean. He said, if you don't, Jonah said, if you don't throw me overboard, this ship's going to sink. It is I that I've disobeyed the Lord. God allowed all of that to happen. He ends up in the whale's in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights just like the son of God was in the earth he is down in this belly and all of a sudden God spits him up and guess where God spits him up at 
He spits him right on the path that leads to Nineveh. And God was saying, Jonah, I've allowed you to fall on your face. Not because I don't love you. But it is because it was not the will of God for you to be in Tarshish. It is the will of God for you to be in Nineveh. There's somebody needs to understand that today. A practical application. That there are times that God doesn't want us to do certain things. So Paul was saying, I can do all things that I'm called upon to do. Everything I'm challenged to do within the arena or the scope of my call with God. And service to His kingdom. As long as I am functioning within that arena or that scope of service. He says, I can and I will do all things through Christ. The roads that God places before me in His will, Paul was saying, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ. Doesn't mean that it won't be challenging. It does not mean that it won't be difficult. It does not mean that I may get frustrated and stressed out, but it means that God is going to come alongside me as long as I am remaining in His will, and He is going to make sure that I come through victorious on the other side as long as it's His will. So Paul tells us there's two things. Number one, the approval of God. I've got to have the blessing of God. I've got to be in a proper relationship with God. It is in Him I live, I breathe, I move. I have my being or my existence with, without Christ. I have no power to do anything that I do. So with the approval and proper relationship with the Heavenly Father, we're guaranteed this divine and endless supreme resources, this supply that comes from heaven to earth that makes conquering in this life more than a possibility. It is a wonderful, as the songwriter said, what a blessed assurance to know that as long as I am in the will of God, I am seeking the face of God, and I stay within that arena that God says it doesn't matter what you need. I'm going to send you divine supplies. I'm to send you to buy. Oh my God, does anybody want to shout hallelujah right now? I'm never going to put more on you than you can bear as long as you stay in my will. This is just simple practical applications that Paul says happen for those that are walking in Christ. So when, when, what, what you bind in heaven is bound on earth. What you loose on earth is bound in heaven. There's this power. In short, what it means is this, and I've spoke about this before. It means that when you pray in God's will, heaven comes down to earth. That's what it means. Anything that's binding you, heaven comes down and loosens it. Woo! All right, let's go. I got to close. I told y'all 12 o'clock. I, I got, how many more minutes is that? 17? Ah, I can do it in 13. Number three. And I'll leave you with this thought. A powerful association. This is so important. This is the most important part of all. That Paul understands that by himself, he cannot and will not succeed. He has got to have Christ or he has nothing at all. He can preach. He can write a book. He can try to send encouraging letters. But at the end of the day, he understands that if the anointing of Christ does not come upon him, Everything that he does is in vain. And that is why he reminds them, I can do all things through whom? 
through Jesus Christ the power of life who strengthens me. He gives me the strength to do what I do. He gives me the power to do what I do. He gives me the ability to be able to do what I do. He gives me the anointing flowing from me to a congregation. He does that. It is through Him. Whatever I need. He says it's coming through Christ. Oh my God. So, so Paul shows us here that he's cast his lot with the Lord. He said, I am one of his disciples. In one verse he said it this way. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power unto salvation. I, we used to sing that old song, I'm glad I'm one of them. Thank God I'm one of them. The Apostle Paul says, yes, I've been through these troubles. I've been beaten, shipwrecked, all the things I mentioned earlier. He says, but at the end of the day, I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ. He's kept me this far and blessed God since he stuck it out with me. I'm going to stick it out with him. Come hell or high water, let them throw me in prison. Let them do whatever they want to do. Let them try to shut me down and shut me up and cancel me out. But at the end of the day, through the power of Jesus Christ, I'm just going to keep on preaching. I'm going to keep on walking in the anointing that God's given me. So in doing this, what Paul has done is he has connected himself with a divine source. He has connected himself, his natural man, his flesh, with the supernatural God. Boy, I wish y'all would grab what I'm grabbing right now. <laughs> oh, God. See, that's what happens when you give your life to Christ and you get ready to preach a sermon. Because when you get up there, you're saying, I can do all things. Now, if you leave it there, you're going to fall flat on your face because it don't work out too good. Trust me, I've tried it. I've failed. I know. I don't want to go back there again. But when you say, I can do all things through Christ, all of a sudden I have taken a person that quite frankly is forgetful. I really am. I'm horrible. And I've got issues. But, but what I do is I take me. This natural body. This flesh. That, that isn't worth much. It's dust to dust. Ashes to ashes. But what I do is I say Lord if you'll just come on the scene. And if you'll help me. And so what I've done. I have connected myself to a divine supply. See, that's what happens whenever you get ready to sing or you get ready to play. And you're saying, well, I can do this. I've played this song a hundred times. Well, that's fine. I'm sure you can. You can read the music. You can read it off the paper. And you've done it a gazillion times. That's fine. But when you connect yourself with Christ and say, but through Christ, all of a sudden you're doing something you never did before. You're doing something the paper didn't tell you to do. It's called the anointing because something happens when Paul connects himself to a God that's greater than he is. And I I'm telling you, God can do the same for you today. On your job, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, whatever you connect to the divine, woo, it becomes automatically blessed. Somebody said, I'm struggling with my money. Then pay your tithes. Give in your offerings. Drop them in those plates as you walk out on your left and right today. Try God and see if he won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. What you have done, you've taken your resource, your money, and you've connected to a God that owns the hills and the cattle and the potatoes in the hill. And all of a sudden, God's blessing you so much you can't even stand it. Woo! 
Boy, oh boy, what time is it, Brian? Here we go. Thank you. So all of a sudden, he's connected to this divine source. As a result, all of his needs that he ever has in life, are, they're met through this divine connection. It is not I. It is Christ who is living. Oh, God, here we go. The Apostle Paul said, it is not I that does it, but it is Christ that is living inside of me. What a That's powerful stuff right there. So Paul could have boasted, he really could have, of his associations with the Pharisees. He could have talked about his connections. He could have used politics. He could have used his um, name calling. Be like me saying, yeah, you need a favor? Well, I'm going out to eat with Bishop Tim Hill this week. You need to drop your name? That's name calling. I hate name calling. I hate name calling. Because I understand at the end of the day, I mean, sure, these people, God's put them there, and they, and they can help you in different ways, but at the end of the day, God's will is going to prevail. He may use me, he may use him, he may use somebody to get you where you're going. But at the end of the day, God can make people say whatever he wants them to say. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And he moves it. You know that verse, right? However he wants to. I hate name calling. The apostle Paul could have started saying, oh, well, let me tell you, Gaius is the guy that taught me. He's one of the smartest people in the world. I'm telling you, oh, I was the leader of the Sanhedrin court. I, I did this and that and the other. I've got this degree. I've got that degree. He could have used his connections with the scholars of his day. But he considered all of his previous affiliations. Are you ready? As what? As one place said, waste. If we go KJV on you today, he said, I count it all as dung. And I think we all know what that is. What he was saying is none of that matters. Who I used to know, the name calling I used to do, let me tell you, it doesn't matter without Christ. He says, I have counted it all as dung that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. My God, there's nobody like Jesus Christ today, Moses. He's the power of your life, not those people you know. It is in Jesus Christ you live and move and breathe and even are here today with your existence. Woo! So without Jesus, without Jesus, I guess we could say as you go to the piano, Susan, we could say today that Paul had a friend in high places. He had the power to take him anywhere that he needed to go. He is a friend that sits closer than any brother. I had somebody tell me years ago, whenever I was getting to church of God, they said, you've got to make connections, this, that, and the other. They said, one guy told me one time, he said, but remember, man, if you ever make a mistake or something like that, he said, just as fast as they got you to the top, they're going to drop you to the bottom. I'll never forget that. He said, just as fast as they brought you up, they will put you down. You're gone. All the climbing you've done. All the connections you've made. And not only just. Not a sin issue. 
even if you say something they don't like or you do something that's questionable and they don't like it. You got political, too political one day and they didn't like it. They cancel you out just like cancel culture does. And all of a sudden those close connections you had, they're gone. And you're calling and you're getting the same voicemail they get at the office from the secretary. If you'd like to call, just dial 801. What? I thought we were friends. They can drop you to the bottom just as fast as they helped you get to the top. That is why I decided a long time ago, wherever I go, I don't want a man to get me there. I don't want somebody to say, hey, Jimmy, I made a phone call. And they're, they're, they're going to be calling you next week. Hogwash. I don't want that. Because if man helps get you there, man is going to have to keep you there. But when you make a divine connection with God, where God puts you, He says, the door that I have opened for you, are you ready for this? No man. God, I feel like preaching. No man will be able to shut that door because a divine thing has happened. And when the supernatural happens, the natural can't mess with it. That is why I made up my mind a long time ago like Paul. If I'm going to go somewhere, it's because Jesus took me there. I've got a friend in a high place. And he said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm always with you. So being infused with this power from on high through Jesus Christ makes him able to prevail. We are conquerors through Jesus Christ. Don't let life stop you. Don't allow life to beat you down. Stop it right there. Jesus is the power of your life. And you have power over anything. It is not who we are or what we have. But it is in Him. It is in Him. I want to leave you with these scriptures. And I'll close. Romans 8. Let's read them really quick here. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave up for us all. Won't he also give up us everything else? Who dares accuse us? Whom God has chosen for his own. No one. For God himself has given us right standing with him. So we have made a divine connection. And God says nobody can't mess with that. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised alive. He's sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us or making intercession. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? I love this scripture. My God. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or we are persecuted or hungry like Paul was or destitute or in danger like Paul was or even threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things. No, despite all these things. No, despite all these things. Overwhelming victory is ours through who? The power. Christ Jesus who loved us. And I am convinced there's not a doubt in my mind after all that I've been through that nothing, no thing, no person, no anybody can separate us from God's love. Like he taught last week, if I'm living, if I'm dead, neither death nor life, I'm still with Christ. Neither angels nor demons. 
fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing, no thing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. What? Which is revealed in whom the power of life. Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. Therefore, Philippians 4.13 I can do all things. All things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's stand in the presence of God. My Lord Almighty. Today I speak to every one of you. And I want you to understand this fact today. When you leave this building, this is exactly the mindset I need you to have. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everybody got it. It's an easy one to remember. I used to do school work and in the ACE curriculum, and I had to learn one in my pace every way. I won't ever forget it. Philippians 4.13, learned it right there. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Had to quote it to my teacher. It sunk in my heart. And every time I get to a place that I feel like I can't make it, I got to go back to that eight, nine-year-old boy that remembered a long time ago and was told, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm begging you by the grace of Almighty God, quit walking around defeated. Quit acting like the devil's got the upper hand on you. He's defeated. He's already lost anyhow. He's going to end up in hell with the false prophet, the beast, and the dragon. They're all going there. Bless God with the Antichrist too. But for the children of God, we're going to be riding on a white horse saying I told you I could make it they didn't think I could but here I am I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so today I'm about to pray and as I pray this is a moment you're going to have with God and I want you to tell God right there in your seat I want you to tell the devil I want everybody to know I want you to tell him I can do it. I am going to do it. I will not live defeated. I'm going to think on things that are right. Father, right now I speak over this congregation. We rebuke every work of darkness that has come against our brothers and our sisters in Christ. Today I'm asking you to infuse us. I'm asking you to, to put a spiritual IV in our veins. I'm asking you to give us an unction from glory. That you are the power of life. And the things in our way that we cannot move. The things in our life that we don't have the strength or the power to get through. I am asking you for us to be like Paul. And reflect on Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The adversary will continue to fight. But I will tell him yet again. I can overcome this addiction because of Jesus Christ. I will tell him again. I can save this marriage because of Jesus Christ. I can get back on top financially because of Jesus Christ. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. We declare it so in the name of Jesus. We don't live off of crumbs anymore. There's bread enough in this house for him to spare. If you claim victory today, I want you to shout hallelujah. If you look at your watch, it's 11.59. Boy, I did good. Sing, Brian. God bless you guys. Oh, there's nothing that's better than you. There's nothing.